It's the Rugby World Cup Live at Five podcast with Brent Pope and Pat Courtney from Radio Nova and Nova.ie. With the Honda Civic Diesel, the cleanest and most efficient Honda Civic ever. With Honda Sensing as standard. Visit Honda.ie. Brent's actually in Japan right at the minute, so it's had to be event. It's an eight hour time difference. They have seen the future. And it's full of rice. And in fact, they've seen the future because they're eight hours ahead. So it was a bit tricky, but telephones are amazing things. And I'll be talking to uh, to Brent about rugby, obviously, about food, and what the best-dressed supporters are wearing this year. It's the Rugby World Cup Live at Five podcast with Brent Pope and Pat Courtney from Radio Nova and Nova.ie. Konnichiwa, Pope-san. How are the chopstick skills developing? Are you coping with the food? And, and have you have you eaten anything you know kind of like weird, like tempura insects or um, or sparrows? It's hot and humid, or it's raining, or typhoon. That it's the weather, but the food is good, and the beer is good, and the crack is good. It's an interesting culture. It's, it's fantastic. I'd have to say they're doing a fantastic job around the World Cup because when I came over here, I thought was it going to be kind of you know in Tokyo or whatever. I thought was it going to be really capture the imagination and. You're probably, you know, looking around for for people to uh, to take up the game. But I mean, the way that they've uh, kind of gone to the games and they're dressed up, and you're walking down the street, and a lot of them have Irish jerseys on, a lot of the Japanese, they crap you into hotels and crap you out of hotels. So they're doing a fantastic job. It's it's a wonderful country. I mean, the people are making it. It's the Rugby World Cup Live at Five podcast with Brent Pope and Pat Courtney from Radio Nova and Nova.ie. Brent, whenever large numbers of Ireland sporting supporters go away en masse, there are always gathering points for everyone. Have you found any of those yet, or is it all too spread out? No, no, no. It's uh, Well, the game itself, the, the atmosphere, I was lucky enough to get tickets for the South African all-black match on the night before, and the atmosphere was good at that. But then for the Irish one, it just cranked up. I mean... The Irish should never have any problems getting supporters. So the neutral supporters were going with Ireland. So there was a sea of green. People arrived out at the matches, those about three hours before, a bit like Wimbledon, where they had a big screen out there. People could uh, people could watch it out there. And a uh, great atmosphere at the match. And then the problem was after the match, because some of the stadiums were a little bit out of sort of, of areas, about sort of 20 minutes or 30 minutes out of an area. So there were stories of guys getting stuck in noodle bars till four in the morning or something lost in, in Kyoto and, and stuff like that. So it's quite hard to get around. But, yeah, there are gathering points. I mean, most of them are, involve some sort of Irish bar somewhere uh, in Tokyo or, or uh, other place. We were in Kyoto for a couple of days. We were down in uh, Hiroshima today, which was a, a sobering reminder of uh, that it's just a sport. So it, it, it's, a, it's, been a, it's been fantastic meeting up with people. And all people from all over Ireland, uh, like we've got about, I suppose, 180 on a tour, so we make our own fun. But I, I, I'm loving it. I remember a great time. And you're talking rugby and you're watching all the other matches and meeting up with Irish. But there's a huge number of support. I think probably Ireland, just behind the All Blacks, because there's a love affair with Japanese rugby and, and New Zealand. I think Ireland would be the next uh, supported country. And I think they're going to get... Uh, that's only going to ramp up as they as they proceed further. And got off to a good start. All the talk is over here is about how good Ireland were, so, you know, things, things are looking really good. All, we're all really positive. It's the Rugby World Cup Live at Five podcast with Brent Pope and Pat Courtney from Radio Nova and Nova.ie. Now, Pope-san, I'm assuming that you've only been in the one stadium at this stage, but maybe you've been in more. 
I don't know, but um, what uh, what are the stadiums like compared with what we're used to? Yeah, good question. It's it's just the location of them. I mean, they're so well organised. Everything is so clean. They get you in and they get you out. All that is brilliant. The problem is they're slightly isolated. Like the stadium that was that island are playing Japan, and this week. It's about, we've got to travel probably an hour and a half by bus to get to it because it's not in a particularly built-up area. I think there's only one hotel in that area, so it's sort of out in the back and beyond, so people have to go back in uh, into the city. So that's the only problem. As far as the stadium concern is, you know, fabulously clean. They'll all be like the Aviva. You know, the one we were in the other night was it was a, a 70,000 stadium for the, uh, for the Scottish match and for the All Black match. And then when you're going down the country, well, not down the country, but to the lesser cities uh, out of Tokyo, they're probably the, it's about 55,000. So I think the, the good thing about it is that the Japanese are turning up in their numbers. So even the, the lesser games, like even the game yesterday, Fiji and, and Uruguay, the, the stadium was still fairly full. Uh, they just play those in slightly smaller stadiums. But, you know, like it's, uh, there's a great atmosphere and every, every place has its, has its pockets of supporters. England USA tonight, so we'll probably keep away from <laughs> keep away from any English English pubs. It's the Rugby World Cup Live at Five podcast with Brent Pope and Pat Courtney from Radio Nova and Nova.ie. Well, Pope San, what do you think of the team that Joe has picked? Um, yeah, look, I think he's shown a lot of respect for the Japanese. I think they're in a situation whereby he just wants to get qualification absolutely out of the way. Um, so he's picked a very strong pack, you know, the majority of, of, of whom uh, started the first game. I know I think Jack Conan was in there for a start, but then he's uh, he's out now and Peter Armani comes back in again. It's a very strong pack. And again, the talk over here, because I'm talking to people on the street, I'm talking to people from New Zealand, Australia, and, you know, we met a few uh, ex-Welsh internationals last night and a few ex-All Blacks and that. A lot of the talk on the street is that uh, Ireland were one of the outstanding teams on, on the first weekend especially in their defensive systems and also in their forward pack that they really showed that they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. I've always believed, as you know, you know, talking last week on the, on the first show, I've always believed that Ireland can beat South Africa in, in, in a quarterfinal. Nothing has changed with that as far as I'm concerned. So I think if Ireland can just remain injury-free, guys that came on the other night and, and really made a difference. I mean, Chris Farrell stepped up. I haven't seen him play as well. CJ Stander continued to progress back to the form he had a couple of years ago, Conor Murray's box kicking was better. So I think he's just rotating the team a bit, but he's keeping the core fairly strong. I think that then he'll come into the situation, get over Japan, fingers crossed, win that game and say, OK, right, well, you know, as long as he can keep the rudder reasonably straight against Russian Samar, which they would be expected to do, then we'll give the other guys a run out uh, in that respect. But uh, good to see Rob Carney back and Keith Earls and that obviously getting a run. Joey Carby, I should imagine, will come onto the field at some stage. Uh, Jack Cart, he had a great few minutes when he came on for Johnny Six. And so, you know, things are really rosy in the camp and the feedback we're getting is that they're really enjoying it. They're relaxing and recovering now down and uh, just out of Tokyo and that uh, they'll be ready to turn it on because it's going to be a fantastic occasion. Anytime you you get to play the host nation, um, especially in Japan, you know, we're seeing people in the shops now, Japanese buying Irish jerseys to, to beat the band. So it'll be it'll be half and half support there, half Irish, uh, half Japanese. So it'll be a wonderful occasion. It's the Rugby World Cup Live at Five podcast with Brent Pope and Pat Courtney from Radio Nova and Nova.ie.
Let's get a little bit technical now, Pope San. Um, Ireland was really well organised on the weekend. And just watching the Japanese play Russia the other day, we're going to have to keep up at least that level of organisation because Japan seems to have this kind of chaotic style. You know, they seem to they seem to go out there intending just to create havoc on that pitch. Yeah, somebody said they're like, they're like little Suzuki's buzzing around the, the pitch. There's a couple of areas that people can watch for it, it, it that might be of slight concern. One is the, is the humidity. Now, it's meant to be 28 to 30 degrees on, on Saturday. You can double that with the, with the enclosed stadium. Uh, even though, it's yes, it's on kind of early evening or a bit later at night, it still has been very humid over here, Pat, and that drains you. Talking to some of the other guys from other teams or whatever, just the training, they're having to hydrate every five minutes, you know, a lot of sweat. The Japanese, of course, will be used to that. Uh, that's the advantage of being the host uh, nation. So that's something to look for. And I think that's why Joe has really selected a strong pack because I think he, the way that he's going to play it is very much the same as Scotland. Because Japan aren't uh, uh, dislike Scotland in the way that they have to play the game. They've got to sort of hit and raid. They've got to try to move on and all around the park. So, yes, they will play that kind of unstructured, offloading uh, sort of game that, that they can compete in. Uh, but I don't know against Ireland whether that's going to be their plan. Also, the fact is you've got to, you know, I know Jamie Joseph personally, the, the Japanese coach. I spoke to him when he was over in the Six Nations, more or less deciding what team to go over. So it'll be interesting to see how the Japanese approach this. Yes, for the host nation, so there's some responsibility on them, you know, turning up for all matches, not just picking and choosing which ones that they want to play in. But they've got to be thinking now long term. They've got to be thinking, OK, you know, Ireland got their bonus point win. They're way out ahead there. We're probably not going to beat them or catch them. Who can we catch? We can catch Scotland. Uh, Scotland have already had a few injuries in their camp. A couple of guys have gone home, a couple of key players. Hamish Watson's already left the camp and other, other guys are, are on shaky ground. So they could come unstuck against Japan the last match. So does Jamie Joseph risk putting out his top side against Ireland losing anyway and maybe losing a few key players for injury or, or I think what he'll probably do is give Ireland a, a real crack for the first 40 minutes if they're still in the game Japan I mean if they're still say you know a couple of points shy of Ireland then they'll continue that way if Ireland uh, I think the way Joe will be looking if Ireland can get a couple of scores up and get that bit of a cushion I think that Jamie Joseph will start to say okay right let's leave the big guns or the real game to the last pool match because the dream ticket for Japan, I'm telling you now, the dream ticket everybody's talking about over here is the, is the possibility of a Japanese all-black quarterfinal in Tokyo because, as you know, the Japanese New Zealand rugby players are, are kind of like pop stars. You see them on uh, the bags of Doritos or potato chips or Pringles as pictures of the all-blacks or whatever. They love the all-blacks. There was, I think there were 16, 15 or 16,000 Japanese at, a, at a, an all-black training run when they first arrived over. So... So I think Joe has selected a strong side with that in mind. I think that he's going to try to wear them down in a tight game, but just be slightly wary of allowing Japan, as you say, to play that sort of unstructured, off-the-cuff, offloading game that they can play and tie you out. That's how they beat South Africa at the last World Cup. Of course, you know, that famous victory. That's how they'll try to play Ireland because they know no other way. I just think Ireland are a smarter team this year, and I just think that they'll know how to beat the Japanese as they did know how to beat the Scottish. It's the Rugby World Cup Live at Five podcast with Brent Pope and Pat Courtney from Radio Nova and Nova.ie. Brent, from what I've seen on the telly, the Japanese punters seem to be lapping it up whether Japan is playing or not. There look to be a, a, a good few of them at all the non-Japan games and loving it. 
Oh, they're loving it. They are loving it because they love the party atmosphere. You, you, last night we were we were out watching a match or something. It was a bit of a sing-off between the Irish fans and the Welsh fans, and the Japanese were just stopping in amazement. And they were coming in and they were listening to the songs and they were clapping and cheering and and wanting to buy jerseys and oh, where are you from? You know, Ireland. We love Ireland or something. Come on. They have just made this tournament amazing. They are so friendly and they're so polite. It's unbelievable how they've warmed to this game. There was talk before this tournament started that they'd be sort of told to go to matches, that, okay, this is a kind of a country whereby, look, you've got, you know, we're the host nation, you make it special. But there's a genuine love for rugby over here. And then there's a genuine love of, 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 say, we just saw saw heaps of Japanese going into a shop just downtown about an hour ago, seeing if they could buy green jerseys or getting green hats or getting anything green for for the big match, you know. And, I mean, that's from the host nation supporting Ireland. So some of the Japanese some of the Japanese are even supporting Ireland. I should imagine they've got their red and white on for this week's game, but they're getting behind teams. You know, so it's fantastic to see, and it's also fantastic to see for the lesser nations, you know, like we're out there in the night again and, and met up with some Russian supporters, some Uruguayan supporters. So there's a really good feel, good factor about this tournament. But fantastic. I'm loving it. I'm loving the, the food and the culture and and uh, the odd drop of sake, and uh, it's reasonably expensive, it's expensive though. If you, go, if, you, if you make a mistake of going to the wrong place to eat, you, you sure get a whopping bill. But uh, anyway, that's, that's all part of it. It's the Rugby World Cup Live at Five podcast with Brent Pope and Pat Courtney from Radio Nova and Nova.ie. Okay, Pope San, I want you to put on your fashionista hat now because... The best Ireland supporter costume that I've seen on the telly so far, without a doubt, was the tricolour samurai robe. Very classy. How are the Ireland supporters shaping up in the fashion stakes? Oh, no, brilliant. I wore a, um, I wore one of, I had a shirt designed a couple of years ago in the, in the colours of an Irish flag. So it's, uh, it's one of my own shirts, but I've got the two sleeves, uh, are kind of the orange and the green, and it's the, uh, it's the white, but it went, went, went down a treat. We had another guy from our group dressed up in the uh, full green, a full green suit with a with a green shirt and a green tie. They're really getting into it. it, it the problem is it, it it looks cool, but it's so hot now. I made I made a mistake, a bit of a funny story, because I was getting a few photos taken by some of the Irish supporters at the match, and and a Japanese uh, woman came up and asked whether I was famous, and some guy. Irish guy said, "Yeah, uh, he's a Hollywood actor, and he's in Die Hard 4." Well, then there was a queue of about a hundred Japanese, Japanese people want to get a photo. I'm busy telling them I'm not an actor, and I was, certainly wasn't in Die Hard 4. It's, it's colourful, and even at the games, you know, they've got the music uh, when teams score tries, or they've got the music at halftime, and everybody's get. There was um, a couple of guys on our tour party took a couple of hurleys down there and were hitting that around. They were fascinated with that, so they were getting photos of the Japanese, you know. That, uh, that with the hurlies and that. So yeah, that's it's 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 a it's a party atmosphere. It's the Rugby World Cup Live at Five podcast with Brent Pope and Pat Courtney from Radio Nova and Nova.ie. Well, Pope San, we've talked about just about everything except the rugby. <laughs> Is there anything of a rugby nature that you just like to throw in? Yeah, I suppose um like following all the games and everything, and I think that one thing that's come under a bit of scrutiny, I suppose, which we knew it would, is, is the, the fact that the game has got really physical. And there's been a couple of soft decisions around the suppose, dangerous tackles, and especially a lot coming from the sort of, I suppose, the South Sea Islanders who 
again, a kind of, you know, I, I, look, I get where they're coming from. I mean, they're known for the big hits or whatever, but I mean, some of the hits coming in from, you know, some of the Samoans the other night and, and some of the other teams were a bit high and, you know, there's talk of really strengthening up on that because they've had a lot of concussions. We're trying to clean the game up, but, you know, worldwide, especially for parents and, and that with their, with their sons and daughters playing rugby. So they're trying to clear up that. But, I mean, there are a lot of big hits going in. And, look, that's customary for some of the minnows. You know, the guys from Georgia and Russia, and that they're tough men. They're, we all know the Fijians, the Tongans, the Samoans. They're hard men, and a lot of them have paid their own way to come over here. But that's the talking point that, you know, the refereeing needs to be a bit stricter. Uh, they're also starting to talk, which is, which is a good thing for Irish rugby, they're starting to talk about what teams need to win this World Cup. And what they're saying is kick your goals. I know it sounds simple, but kick your goals. Um, a good defence and an ability to be able to counter-attack from any part of the field. Now, Ireland have that pretty much, you know, they've got they've got a good kicker in Johnny Sexton as long as he stays fit. They have an excellent defence and also they do have that ability to score from deep. They've got those sort of X-factor players, Jacob Stockdale, uh, Robbie Henshaw, these types of guys, Gary Ringrose, that can score for deep. So it's looking good for Ireland, I have to say, again, don't like to start talking about games ahead of ahead of time, but I mean I think once this Japanese game is put to bed, hopefully Ireland get through that, maybe pick up a bonus point, so then they're absolutely safe and they know that they're going to be playing South Africa, which I think they probably do anyway, to be honest. But once that's put to bed officially, we're getting the, the same cliches that you always get, and that's understandable. You know, Ireland are only looking at one game at a time, and they've got to respect the Japanese, and you've got to earn the respect, and that's fair enough. But, I mean, I think Joe will have one eye on the game plan that he'll start to implement after Japan for South Africa, because your game plan against Japan will be a lot different to the game plan against South Africa. So I expect to see Ireland dominate tomorrow, especially in the tight five. I expect Ireland defensively to be too strong for Japan. A bit like Scotland the other night, I think Japan will be the same. I think they've come out in the paper this week and they said we've identified a bit of weakness in, in, in Ireland's defence and the space is out wide. Well, I don't agree with that because I think if, if Japan are trying to play it too wide, too unstructured, too helter-skelter, then it won't help their cause because I think you know when you're pushing the game like that, you run the risk of making mistakes. And against a team like Ireland, who can punish you in a couple of seconds, put the ball in the corner behind you and maul over for a try, something like that, then the Japanese will have to be at their very best. But I think at the end of the day, let's start looking further afield and start getting excited about a game against South Africa, that if they get over that, then they've got to believe, from what I've seen from the other teams, that they can go all the way. So Ireland's certainly up there after week one. What will that be like in week two? Well, we'll know on Sunday morning. You'd be expecting, I think, a 20-point cushion, and that's not being any disrespect for the Japanese, but I would think that Ireland should be able to get a bonus point and, and, and get that win. won't be easy. It'll take them 50 or 60 minutes, but that's what I'd be thinking. It's the Rugby World Cup Live at Five podcast with Brent Pope and Pat Courtney from Radio Nova and Nova.ie. And that's Rugby Live at Five for this week, ahead of what is a guaranteed Exciting match this Saturday as we meet the hosts, Japan. Brent's back on the flight deck with me next week. And thanks to the dynamic and engaging Honda Civic Petrol with Honda Sensing as standard. Check them out at honda.ie. This has been the Rugby World Cup Live at Five podcast. 
with Brent Pope and Pat Courtney. With the dynamic and engaging Honda Civic Petrol. With Honda Sensing as standard. Visit Honda.ie. Join us next week for another podcast or catch the show live Thursdays at 5 on Radio Nova and Nova.ie.